Hello, and welcome to Phoenix Talks, where we get academics and cinephiles to chat with us about past, current, and upcoming films. My name is Becky Jones, and here today we have David Hucklesby, a horror cinephile, to talk to us about the thrills of horror films, what makes them good, and why we make them. Hello. Thank you for being here. So, starting off, what is your definition of a horror film? Everything I know about horror films comes down to trying to provoke or to examine a sort of a a state, like an emotional state, or a kind of pattern of behaviour which we'd normally associate as being negative. But it's doing so in a, in a controlled way, and it's using particular devices to do that. So there's usually something supernatural or something preternatural. There's elements of mythology in there. There's allegories and images to different kinds of human behaviours and fears. And horror is weaving those things together in a way that we can explore them, in a way that we feel safe, you know, through the cinema, through the sort of the screen of a TV, rather than having to expose ourselves to them for real. It's a cathartic medium. How has horror changed over time in your experience? So it really depends what you're watching. Uh, it's a hard one to answer. I think there's a really common view that horror tends to exist in extremities, that it's extreme characters in extreme situations, it's levels of violence, it's levels of kind of disturbance, which I think is true. But over time, I think if you're paying attention to those things, then it seems like it's constantly trying to outdo itself. The films become more violent, they become louder, mm. they become faster paced mm-hmm. as time goes on. If that's what you're interested in, in sort of tracking through the history of horror, mm-hmm. then that's probably what you'll notice most of all. But I think there's a kind of a second side to this, but I think that as this develops, horror sort of becomes a hybrid of lots of different genres. A lot of modern horror films feel heavily influenced by sci-fi and by comic books, by mythology and folklore, by kind of a variety of different other genres of film, other genres of storytelling. One of the big things I tend to study is is the influence of social media on storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I'm interested in. And I think as we become more open to talk about what we're afraid of, sort of publicly, people are more open to talk about sort of crises of identity, of of sort of psychiatric health and things like that. Um, as, As those discussions become more open, more things become suitable topics for horror because people are more open to sharing and discussing their kind of fears publicly anyway. Mm. So different things become identified as sources of horror. And that means lots of new genres and new things get sort of folded into what's possible in horror. Mm. And that feels sort of contemporary. That feels like what's developing at the moment. And that, I think, maybe is... Not that that was never there in the first place, but I think it's moving away from an idea of a sort of simplistically defined extremities of character and extremities of circumstance towards a kind of a subtler weaving together of different experiences of the world and how people are discussing them. I think horror is a very responsible medium because it's allegorical, because it's a step removed from actual exposure to something horrific, because it's dealing with it through imagery, because it's dealing through allusion to mythology Mm -hmm. and things like that. It's a way that those kind of things can be discussed. It's part of that sort of public discussion, again, in, in a way that feels more varied, feels more kind of open-ended in regards to how it relates to other genres. In your opinion, what makes a good horror film? What always stands out to me is, is, a, is, a, is a focus on character, and particularly characters who feel identifiable and plausible. The things that they worry about are things that we worry about, or that you know someone who worries about. The, the things that they sort of experience are plausible experiences that somebody could relate to. You know, they're fears that we understand. And then coupled with that, I, I tend to prioritize kind of minimal reliance on sound and music to create scares. That's what frustrates me when I'm watching a horror film, is when I'm told... Mm-hmm. that something is scary by the sound and by the music rather than being allowed to figure it out for myself by the strength of character by the mm-hmm. sort of the the sort of the expression of the story itself should allow me to discover what is scary about it mm-hmm. rather than hit me in the face with the hammer of a, you know a giant symbol crash <laughs> every single time something i'm supposed to find scary happens on mm-hmm. screen because sometimes you don't and something that a lot of horror films tend to do is use music to trigger a jump that you will associate as being horrifying. Mm. But often I don't find it horrifying. I find <laughs> it funny. I find it entertaining. 
as well. Mm. The thing which 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 I'm always wanting from a horror film is a sense of dread, mm. rather than a sense of surprise. I kind of I like there being a sort of inevitability, or I like there being a sort of an inescapable sort of unpleasantness that is being <laughs> driven towards. I much prefer that than being surprised by something. You have to care as well. You have to understand who these characters are. Like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, you have to feel that sort of sense of empathy with. Them. And the, the big thing that finally sort of the big culmination of all this, when there's a big sense of ambiguity there, when I don't know what the solution to this is, or I, if I never get to figure out what it is I've been led to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my favourite horror films will do that mm. because it's putting all the the impetus on me to make decisions and bring my imagination to it and sort of unfold part of the story for myself from it. Mm. Um, that's much more satisfying. Do different countries do horror differently? There is an interesting distinction there about which countries or which sort of... Basically which locations have access to certain kinds of budgets and certain kinds of film studios because that does drive a difference mm-hmm. in behaviour. I think when you're... When you're when when the film is sort of being produced by a sort of a major studio that's got high budget and got kind of responsibilities to higher level companies and investors and so on, mm-hmm. I think that drive to constantly outdo itself, you know, be more shocking, be more horrific, be as you know, create the buzzwords and sort of create a, a fancy trailer that gives away all of its shocking moments <laughs> for free before you've even watched the film. Yeah. Um, because you need to get people through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in in countries or, you know, even just kind of regions around a country where there isn't that access to those sorts of studios or there just isn't the budget mm-hmm. to be pitching to those sorts of studios. I think that's where you see that more thoughtful, more careful sort of approach. It requires you to be very strong in the storytelling mm-hmm. to make it intriguing and in a way that the, you know, the fireworks, you know, the, the sort of the big gore effects and sort of flashy mm-hmm. sound effects and so on. Um, if you, when you don't have the budget to do those, I think you create stronger characters anyway. Mm. Um, there's a kind of there's an attention to detail there. There's a, there's a few kind of recent ones which I think are a good example. There's a film I saw quite recently called The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, mm. which is I think an Iranian. It film. It is, yeah. And is is sort of a vampire film, and is you know in, in the loosest possible sense of the word, but it is is really about the way in which a sort of a, a quite sort of uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this, <laughs> a kind of quiet introverted sort of figure mm-hmm. is impressed upon by the society that's around her. And there are some violences and there's some horrors in her reaction to those things. But you're sort of invited to, to create the comparison between, for example, the way that the, the, the girl who is walking home at night, the way she's looked at by the people around her mm. and the sort of the violence sometimes or the sometimes the necessity of the violence, which is driven to by the way she's looked at and the way she's interacted with by other characters around her. That kind of thing, I think, is very interesting. It relies on no effects, mm. apart from a bit of sort of red paint appropriately. <laughs> it's largely in black and white anyway. So oh, okay. a, a bit of paint to sort of represent the blood is, is the most you get by way of visual effect it's largely a very quiet very slow mm. um, we are what we are as well as it is a Mexican film which is again you could call it a sort of uh, a cannibal film but it's, it's, it's not about cannibalism it's about the state of Mexico City and it's about sort of people living in poverty driven to a sort of extreme circumstance because they haven't got access to, to clean food or you know or you know good jobs um, it, it's about a family who uh, the, sort of the, the patriarch of the family dies and then the rest of the family have to fend for themselves and at this point they sort of discover that he hasn't been able to buy you know clean meat for them for some time <laughs> and that's not the point you know this, this is a film which is about family which is about mm. sort of survival in an extreme circumstance um these are very slow paced films these, these are methodically working through a circumstance and exploring its effect on the human and so and they're using things like vampirism or or cannibalism as a sort of myth, mythological anchor to which you can tie some of these things so you're not being forced to confront directly 
you know, a, a documentary film about sort of mm-hmm. impoverished children dying on the streets of Mexico City, right. which I don't know if that's true. Or not. <laughs> um, you're not being forced to confront a sort of uncomfortable reality like that because you're given a mythological anchor to tie this to through the form of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the classic horror trope of the the isolated cannibalistic family. You know, it's it's all you know in A Girl Walks Home at Night. The, the idea of the vampire being sort of predatory gives you associations to expect, and then when those associations are turned on their head, and you know she's largely the one who is predated upon, then it's uh, it, it's subverting things and it's using mythology as kind of a safe anchor to tie that unpleasant experience too mm. rather than de- depicting it so explicitly and that's something I do observe in films that are working with kind of much smaller budgets with you know independent I say and if foreign as, as I think is not necessarily a useful distinction but mm. uh, you know film studios that are, are removed from higher budget studios that exist in somewhere like the UK or in, or in America mm-hmm. yeah. what is your favorite horror film and why uh, I cannot answer that <laughs> in, in the singular <laughs> um, I, I've I've, I've come up with a few recent favourites and then a couple of all-time favourites okay. and talk a little bit about the kind of thing that link them together if you like so kind of recent favourites I'm going to start there have been The Witch mm. and uh, a film called depending on where it was released it's called either February or The Black Coat's Daughter Okay. Um, Ex Get Out and As Above So Below mm. and there's not a lot in common necessarily between those things <laughs> apart apart from the fact they have a focus on a, a clear central character around which the sort of the chaos revolves and as long as you are identifying very closely with that central character and as long as that character is uh, you know you, you, a lot is shared with you about their motivations and their feelings and their kind of emotional state throughout those films mm. as long as that remains true then it doesn't matter how extreme and how kind of almost fantastical the chaos that surrounds that character becomes you've always got a route uh, you know to come back to you're mm-hmm. always given a reason to care about it and I think all of those films do that and they're all films which when I talk about sort of horror being an allegory I mean it, to, to my mind horror is almost always satirical mm. it's always taking an element of human culture or behavior or worry you know some sort of anxiety about human behavior generally mm-hmm. and it's by tying it to a mythology or tying it to the supernatural it's giving it a kind of um, a step removed from its audience so that you're able to then critique it in, in situ. Get Out, I think, is, is picking up some of some of the sort of the pieces from another of my favourite films being Science of the Lambs, mm. which when you when you take away the sort of the, some of the violences and the, the horrors and the sort of the serial killing sort of topic of the Science of the Lambs, there's a lot in there about the uh, the prejudices of the justice system. In that instance, it's about the prejudice of the justice system against, uh, particularly against women and also against sort of the people with psychiatric illnesses, etc. Um, Get Out is picking up a similar sort of tone and is taking, obviously he's talking in that case about the sort of American justice system and the sort of prejudices towards the African-American community. But there, there's links there because you're, you're identified with a young protagonist who is sort of dropped into a circumstance which feels extreme but also feels plausible mm. you know it's tied to things that we recognize about sort of in, in get out it's about family and it's about a sort of uh, the sort of the otherness experienced by somebody else's family mm. with the sort of the added racial connotations of it being an interracial relationship and so whereas in science of the lambs it's, it's it's more about sort of fears about crime and violence and a sort of a rise in violent crimes taking place at the time the novel was written mm. in america but there's there's some sort of comparisons there about the way the topic is treated about what the justice system does to respond to those things and what happens when a person who is who is young and is maybe directly engaged as, as a victim of those prejudices is exposed to those prejudices for us on screen mm. like there's, there's an element of comparison there which i think is is useful about with social media it's easy to get easier and faster to get mm-hmm. information about violent crimes about sort of racial oppression yeah. about sexist oppression it's uh, you know new scientific discoveries and and you know just generally what's happening in the news and sort of the political disturbances that are occurring 
uh, right now natural disturbances that are occurring. Yeah. But we get all the our information about those quicker than ever, and in a hybrid form that's drawn from lots of different nations, lots yeah. of different voices all at once. And if we're attentive to those things, I, th- I think it's quite, it feels clear to me at least, that horror as a genre responds to those things quite immediately because it's capturing not just the subject, it's mm. not just about a disaster or an act of violence or you know an act of oppression. Yeah that makes us horrified. It's about the multitude of voices that provide that being drawn from, say, drawn from the news, drawn mm-hmm. from science, drawn from mythology. Or they, all, they all come together at the whole genre quite usefully. Mm. That's which is why it's a good location to critique some of those things. A horror can be almost entirely opposite to a thriller. Mm. Because it, for me, when I think of horror, I always think of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or mm. like Hostel, like these extremely gratuitously violent mm. things. That... This is what I mean about extreme situations, yeah. extreme characters, and escalation driven by the need to get people into the, exactly, through the doors yeah. of cinema. Yeah, because the need to be grotesque. Yeah, uh, it can be financially lucrative. Why do you think people watch horror? Like as someone who who doesn't deliberately seek out horror films, and I know mm. that it, you're, it's basically your favorite genre. Um, <laughs> What is it about horror that makes people want to watch it? Um, again, it depends who you're talking to. It depends <laughs> true, the kind yeah, of films they're going to see. Films, yeah. On the one hand, it's the same reason people go to a fireworks display. Mm. Um, you know, to to be made sort of maybe not scared, but sort of surprised and wondered. Mm. You know, by something. A sense of surprise and wonder, I think, is important for 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 that. And you can get it from a horror film, just like you can from a from a fantasy film, or say from a fireworks display. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. There's also a, a kind of it's, it comes maybe hand in hand with the, the reason why people listen to death metal or mm. um, go you know, take part in extreme sports or something. It's because the the territory that is unsafe mm-hmm. or that is negative mm. or is sort of even sort of socially not acceptable is not uninteresting or lacking in you know intellectually vibrant sort of stories to tell. Yeah, it's easy to relate to because it's because it's about fear and anxiety that every everybody has yeah and the best horror films are tapping into fears and anxieties that are easy to relate to mm-hmm. um I, I like those horror stories that don't rely so heavily on the supernatural element or at least make the supernatural element very ambiguous mm-hmm. because it's it's something that you that everybody sort of will recognize as being unnerving mm-hmm. whether it makes you jump or not it'll still make you tense because it's a situation you can recognize right. it's something maybe you wouldn't be able to explain yourself mm-hmm. and things like that it taps into those sorts of things and that's horror films provide a way to do that that is safe and that is not directly exposing you to anything violent or unpleasant or <laughs> or disturbing yeah. but it's allowing you to to look at the kind of stories that exist within those th- Thank you very much. Okay. A big thanks today for speaking to me today. BFI Thrillish season wraps up at the end of January 2018. Our thanks to co-producer Peter Simkuti and song credit to Badly Stuffed Animals for their song Vanilla Ice Cream. Hope you tune in next time for more talks on films, filmmaking, and the events happening around Phoenix Cinema Leicester. Until then, happy watching.